Hello and welcome to this special episode of Raw Stories, the fortnightly podcast where I share new writing. Normally I'd add whether it's ready or not to that sentence, but I'm delighted to say that this week I am sharing a story which has been published and I'll tell you more about that at the end of the episode. For now though, I'm Caroline Hardman and here's this week's story, Straw Houses. Let's get one thing straight. I didn't want to build a house out of straw. I'm not a complete idiot, but they do say beggars can't be choosers, and after Mum kicked us all out, I definitely didn't have much choice. That's right, kicked out by our own mother. All three of us, William, Charlie and me, at exactly the same time, which seemed a bit harsh if you ask me. My brothers are both older than me, and they already had jobs, earned decent livings. I was only 16, still at school, although I wouldn't last there much longer. But Mum had met a new bloke, she's still with him last I heard, and he'd never wanted kids, grown up or otherwise. So that was it. She'd been a single mum for half her life by then, so you can hardly blame her for wanting more, I suppose. Doesn't everyone? My brothers and I are... Well, let's just say we don't see eye to eye very often. So there was never any question of the three of us living together. We all went our separate ways pretty much as soon as Mum sent us packing. So there I was, 16, homeless and all alone in the world. And you work with what you've got, don't you? It would have been nice to have been able to build my dream home brick by brick, but the reality was that straw, while not the most structurally sound building material, was readily available. Plus it was dirt cheap. And I do mean dirt. The stuff was filthy when I bought it, which is part of the reason I got it at such a good price. But after I'd hauled it down to the local stream, rinsed it out and laid it out to dry for a couple of days, it was as good as new. Shone like gold, even. And so I built a house. It wasn't much, but it was mine, you know. I'll admit, building it at the edge of a field of cows wasn't the smartest move I've ever made. They chewed away at sections, but I made repairs, and we rubbed along together in the end. And then I met Shelley, and she moved in with me. Perhaps a woman's touch was what the place needed, or maybe it's just what happens when you fall in love. Because all of a sudden, that house made of second-hand straw and regularly masticated by cows, became a home. We lived there for two years or thereabouts. Happily ever after, some might even have called it. But then it happened. I'd known Wolf since school. We'd been part of the same crowd, but I wouldn't have called him a close friend. When I first met Shelley, she told me that she knew him too. They'd been an item for a while, but it had been months before we met, and was nothing serious, just a fling, she said, so I was surprised as anyone when he turned up on our doorstep. Don't let him in, said Shelley, and I should have known then that there was more to Wolf than met the eye. I kept him outside because of what Shelley had said, and we stood on the doorstep for a while. I listened as he huffed and puffed about how I'd stolen his woman and how she'd broken his heart and how he'd get his revenge on the both of us some day. And then he left. 
Shelley was pretty rattled by the whole thing. But I promised her, swore by every hair on my own chin, that she had nothing to worry about, that I'd keep her safe. It wasn't enough. She packed a bag and took off to her mum's the next day. I haven't seen her since. So I was all alone when, at about midnight, I woke up to the smell of smoke and the crackling of dry straw. I ran out to the cow field, where I watched my house, our home, go up in flames. In hindsight, I really wish I'd built it a bit nearer that stream. I wasn't sure what to do after that. I sofa surfed for a while, staying with various friends and friends of friends, but I didn't like to impose on anyone for too long. I tried a few nights on the streets, but that was pretty grim. People don't think much of you when you're on the streets, and I was kicked, spat on, and a whole lot worse. I spent a few nights on the buses, tried sleeping at the airport, anywhere I could get a bit of kip for a few hours. I did manage to hold on to my job for a while, but eventually that went too. And that was when I did what I swore I'd never do. I called my brother Charlie. He's a bit of a hippie, is Charlie. Owns a business supplying organic mushrooms to local restaurants. He grows them in big tubs, full of old recycled coffee grounds. After Mumgate, him and his partner, not his wife, they reckon they're far too unconventional for marriage, built what they call an eco-house, all made from natural timbers. They were planning to build a tree house, apparently, but they had to chop all of the trees down to get enough wood, so it's a ground floor tree house. If you ask me, wood is no better a building material than straw, but slap the words eco and environmentally friendly in front of anything, and some people will be fooled. My hippy-dippy brother is one of them. Anyway, after what was possibly the most awkward conversation of my life, he said I could stay with him for a while, and I turned up on his doorstep the same day. I only planned to stay for a month or so, just until I was back on my feet, but then one month turned into two, and two turned into two and a half. Charlie casually asked me one evening if I tried calling her older brother, William. He lives in a fancy red brick house in the city, and I knew that I was the last person he or his perfect wife or their perfect kids would want around. Charlie knew it too, but I got the hint. After all, that's the problem with being a house guest. You can never shake the suspicion that your hosts don't really want you there. So I started going to the local bar at night, just to get out of their way. And one night, I saw Wolf there, sitting in a corner. Now, the thing is, I can't say for sure that he was the one who set my place on fire. It could have been just a coincidence. The fact that he'd been on my doorstep making threats just hours before that same doorstep and the house it was attached to went up in flames. But I had a few drinks in me, so I went up to him. Let's call what happened next a conversation. I can't remember exactly what was said, but I think I might have let slip that I was staying with my brother, and even might have mentioned the whole mushroom business. A few days later, my brother received an official notice that his house was being condemned, full of termites, allegedly. 
not safe for anyone to live in. Again, I can't say for sure that Wolf was responsible, but it does seem like quite a coincidence. And so that's how I ended up here. It wasn't easy to come in. I must have walked past half a dozen times first. I never thought I'd be the kind of person who asks for a handout. It's not the way I was brought up, you know. But I think it's time I found my own place. Got a good solid roof over my head. Housing benefits would help with that, I guess. I won't need them forever, just so you know. There was a bloke in the pub that night who overheard my conversation with Wolf. He asked me all kinds of questions about the house I built, wanted to know about my weaving techniques, how I made a straw waterproof, that sort of thing. Turns out he's a builder. And after we chatted for a while, he offered me a job. Surprising the number of people who, after building their dream house brick by brick, will pay good money to top it off with a thatched roof. I'm not complaining, after all a job's a job, and it sounds like it's going to pay pretty well. But building your house, even part of it, from straw? Well, it seems to me you'd have to be a real idiot to do that. So that was Straw Houses. As I said at the start of the episode, I am delighted to be sharing this particular story with you on the podcast. It is part of an anthology. It's been published in an anthology called Stories for Homes, Volume 2, which is has been available as an ebook since September, so for a little while now, but has just been released in paperback as well. In fact, our official launch date isn't for another week. Uh, November the 21st is our official publication date of the paperback version, but it is available to buy on Amazon as I speak and as you are hearing this. And the really important thing to say about that is that all of the profits from the sale of the anthology will go to shelter the housing charity. The first volume was published a couple of years ago now and that raised over £3,000 for shelter. We're really hoping we'll raise even more for them this time around. I should say I didn't actually write this story with the anthology in mind. I already had it when I saw the call for submissions, but I can't tell you how pleased I am that this is where it finally found a home. It began life as a homework task for a writing class I took at the start of the year. Our homework for the very first week of this new class was to retell a fairy tale, which if you have listened to other episodes of the podcast, you will know was right up my alley. I took it as a very good sign. I was going to enjoy the rest of this course. Uh, and I decided to retell The Three Little Pigs. When I began writing it, I didn't intend to use homelessness as a lens through which the story was viewed but I'm not at all surprised that that's what ended up happening. Uh, homelessness is an issue which is very close to my heart, mainly because I volunteer for Crisis at Christmas every year and help to run a residential centre for vulnerable women. So for a week we can provide them with accommodation and meals and all sorts of services uh, and advice 
to help them over that Christmas week. It's something I've been doing for a really long time. It's going to be my 10th Christmas there this year. And while I'm lucky enough never to have experienced homelessness myself, I've met so many of our guests and heard so many of their stories. And some of that knowledge fed into this retelling. Funnily enough, I actually submitted the story somewhere else at the same time I sent it into Stories for Homes, and I really thought the other place I sent it was going to be where it ended up. It felt like a much more likely option. I knew that the quality of the first Stories for Homes anthology was really high and knew they were expecting quite a lot of submissions, so I really didn't think there was much chance of this story being selected but I am so so pleased that it did and the thought that this story and the others in the collection will end up helping people like the guests I meet every Christmas just means the world. Of course it will only help them if people buy the anthology either as an ebook or as a paperback so if you are able to and want to support a really really worthy cause please please go and do just that uh, my story is one of 55 in the collection they're all themed around home uh, in some way and they are all absolutely wonderful it's a really it genuinely is a really terrific collection you can find it on Amazon by doing a search or if you visit the Stories for Homes website which is storiesforhomes, all one word, dot wordpress.com there's information there. You'll also find on the website an online anthology as well as the 55 stories which were selected for the book. There are another 29 stories, again all themed around home, appearing online. And you can see all of those for free on the website. I found this story fairly easy to write, certainly compared to some other stories. Although the main character isn't based on anyone in particular, there are certainly some small details I've drawn from my experiences at Crisis. And that character's voice came very easily as did the opening line, I think that notion of this character being someone who people tend to make assumptions about and who is actually a lot smarter uh, and more capable than they are even given credit for is something which I really wanted to convey. There is one other tiny detail in this story which I drew from real life and this is a chance to make a massive apology to my little brother who lives in Australia where he grows organic mushrooms in recycled coffee grounds and sells them to local businesses. He had just started doing that when I wrote this story and it just felt too perfect not to include when I was creating this very hippy-dippy, eco-friendly uh, brother pig making his house making his ground floor treehouse out of sticks. My brother is lovely and I am enormously proud of him and his business. 
And the views of my main character about his brother certainly don't reflect my views about my brother. Um, but it's something I have been feeling very guilty about ever since. In fact, I very nearly changed that small detail when I handed in my edits to the editors, but then left them in because I couldn't think of anything better to replace it with. So apologies yet again to my lovely non-hippy-dippy brother for stealing his job for my story. And if you happen to live in Queensland, anywhere near Noosa, and hey, if you run a restaurant and you want some amazing mushrooms, Noosa Earth is the place you can find them. Uh, there we go. I've given him a plug. He can't be upset with me now. Of course, much more importantly, the thing I would like to plug in this episode, uh, and please forgive me for doing so, but it is such an important uh, and worthwhile cause, is, of course, the Stories for Homes 2 anthology, where you can read this story again, if you'd like to, uh, and 54 others, all by brilliant authors and all on the theme of home. We are also doing a few events and again if you look at the Stories for Homes website you can find details of those. I am just having a quick look at that now. We'll be at the Folkestone Book Festival uh, on the 25th of November if you're anywhere near Folkestone. We have a slot at an open mic evening on the 2nd of December in New Cross. It's actually the launch of a young adult novel by Ray Stoltenkamp, but she has very kindly given us a bit of space in her evening as well. Uh, if you like music, there's an evening of music and readings from the book with the Andover Museum Loft Singers, and that's in uh, West Andover on the 9th of December. We are having a celebration event at the Bookseller Crow in Crystal Palace on December the 15th. Again, you can uh, hear some readings, hear a bit about how the project started and how it supports shelter and have a glass of wine with some of us then. Also a couple of events coming up in January, one at the Big Green Bookshop in North London and one at the Ivy House uh, in South London. Those events are all on the Stories for Home website, which is storiesforhomes.wordpress.com. So you can find out more about them there. And if you would like to buy a copy of the book, either an ebook or in paperback, that would be absolutely brilliant. You can buy it there as well. That's it, I think, for this week. Thank you so much for listening. As always, if you want to get in touch, please do. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, I am at Raw Stories Pod on Twitter, or you can send an email to rawstoriespodcast at gmail.com. If you do buy the book uh, as a result of having heard this, that would be amazing. Please, please drop me a line and let me know. That's it for this week. Thanks again so much for listening. I'll see you in a fortnight for another raw story.